have preconceived notions that we know all this, that we have all this down, but that God, our hearts and minds are open to receive fresh revelation, fresh insight. God, I ask you to breathe on the same old word in somebody's heart. That somebody already has information, but God, breathe on it with fresh revelation today that the word becomes alive in us, we pray in Jesus' name. So be it, amen and amen. All right, you may be seated. Made righteous, made righteous. All right, now we've, we've been able to show over the last uh, few teachings that living by grace, remember grace, which is divine enablement, which is God's ability gift, right, that it makes it possible for you and me to reign in life, makes it possible for you and me to be totally victorious, totally victorious, and that we don't have to let life ever rule over us. You got that? You got that? Total victory. In other words, you and I are supposed to have every area of life hitting on all cylinders, they call it. Not right, Elder Jeff, hitting on all cylinders. All right? Pastor Joshua, when you're working on those, those engines, you need all those cylinders firing. The misfiring, that thing, that your car's going to sputter. And you don't want no sputtering car. Beautiful Mercedes with a, and it's sputtering. Alfa Romeo and it's sputtering. You don't want that. Maserati, you don't want it sputtering. So we need our life hitting on all cylinders. Right? And we said how grace makes it that possible for us to reign in life. Okay? Now, we, we've been in Romans 5.17, Romans 5.17, which says to us, those who receive of the abundance of grace, or those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, will do what? Reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. So everybody say, I reign in life. I want you to declare it right now by faith. I reign in life. Declare this, I have total victory in my life. Now, that's even in the midst of some areas feeling kind of wonky. You just got to declare, I have total victory in my life. We've been declaring that since 2017. Remember that? That was our theme all 2017, total victory, the year of total victory. And so we've been declaring total victory. Of our, in fact, the number, for total vic, the number for victory in the Bible is what? 17. What verse is this? 17. Isn't that ironic? I just I didn't even think about that just now. So this 17 is a number of, to, a number of total victories, really what it is. Amen. So you and I do that by grace. Now, we're called to reign. Everybody say, I'm called to reign. I'm called to reign. I was sharing with you now. I'm just reviewing from Wednesday. And Wednesday was reviewing from the previous messages, okay? So we're called to reign in life. And we're called to reign and practice reigning in our own lives. Ruling and reigning, having total victory in our own lives because we're practicing or we're training to reign over the whole earth. Now, I gave you a scripture, uh, Revelation 5.10. Revelation 5.10, where the Bible says that God has made us kings and priests, come on, to our God. Y'all reading it? Okay, they're getting on the screen too slow for y'all, right? Oh, Okay. I believe, I know, I know it's not their fault. I'm, I'm about to get on y'all. Because we went over this Wednesday night. So, and, and that's not a new scripture that was just added Wednesday night. That's a scripture that's been in the Bible since you, since you bought it. You got to know. All right, I'm done messing with y'all. So you and I are called to reign as kings, right? And the Bible says he has made us kings and priests to our God. That's two different things. We are kings and, now we're not kings to God. We're kings and priests to our God. And we shall do what? Reign on the earth. So you and I practice reigning in our own lives so that when it's time for us to reign over the earth, we're not new at this. We're true at this. Okay, we're not novices, we're pros, we're professionals. We need to be professional rulers. Okay? 
we get to practice in our own lives. That's why, you, that's why you must master total victory. Jesus said, he that is faithful over the little. In fact, you know, we always quote the scripture. People always say funeral times and even before funeral times. When I get to heaven, all I want to hear God is say, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. But you, the, the rest of the scripture, the scripture doesn't end at joy of the Lord. The scripture goes on to say, he says, uh, you have been faithful over the little, I will make you ruler over much. See, so you got to finish what it says. So what happened, you got a lot of people, they into the joy and not ready to rule anything. Because they've not ever seen themselves ruling on this earth, ruling in their own lives. Little pain hit, well, you know, that's just life, and little things go wrong, and you know, poverty comes in, but that's just part of life, and sickness and trouble and all kind of stuff goes on. That's just part of life. That ain't how you rule. When you rule, you don't let life tell you what's going to happen. You tell life what's going to happen. We read last, we read Wednesday night, 1 Corinthians 3, where Paul says all things are yours. He said life and death is yours. It's yours. And if it's yours, you tell it what to do. Remember I gave you an example about people with their dogs? I don't get it. I don't get people in their dogs. Seem like the dog is really the master behind the whole thing. Because people got to run behind the dogs, poop and scoop. The dog, the dog poop, and the dog just go take care of that for me. And then you people just got, you know, I'm like, I, I don't get it. We had a dog growing up, and uh, our dog, no, we, you better clean your own poop. You better dig a hole. Or you're going to be stepping in it. Revelation chapter 1 verse 5 and 6 Revelation 1 verse 5 and 6 please and from Jesus Christ the faithful witness the firstborn from the dead the ruler over the kings of the earth Jesus Christ is the ruler over the kings of the earth alright to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood verse 6 and has made us what kings and priests to his, to his God and father now let's switch to verse 5 and 6 in the CEV contemporary English version listen to this in fact I want us to read it, read it together uh I can read it. Can y'all read it? Okay, ready, read. May kindness and peace be yours from Jesus Christ. Jesus was the first to conquer death. And he is? He's the ruler of? He's the ruler of? All right, keep going. Christ loves us and? He set us free. Verse 6. He lets us rule as kings and serve God his Father as priests. To him be glory and power. So everybody say, I'm called to rule. I'm called to reign. Say it again because that was weak. I'm called to rule and I'm called to reign. Okay? Now we've been looking at from Romans 5.17 about grace, that grace enables us to rule and reign. But we also saw that grace doesn't work solo. Grace has a partner. Grace has a partner. You know, partners are good. How many of y'all remember Starsky and Hutch? That was a show, Starsky and Hutch. Some of y'all remember Chips? Punch and John? I'm going to hit some of y'all. How many of y'all remember Crockett and Tubbs? I can feel it calling in the air tonight. Right? That was real, real. So grace has a partner. All right? Romans 5.17 says, For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one 
Jesus Christ. So grace doesn't have solo duties. Grace has a partner. And the partner of grace is the gift of righteousness, or we could just simply say righteousness. So grace and righteousness partner up together to give us the ability to reign in life. Because remember, I told you grace, we could summarize grace in one word, ability. Ability is God's divine ability. It's God making you able to do something that you couldn't do on your own before he gave you the ability to do it. It's ability. But we, I'm going to summarize ahead of time. Righteousness is approval. Or we can say righteousness is acceptance. And I close Wednesday night's service by saying to you that a person who knows their ability and knows they have the approval of God cannot be stopped. Hey, let me, this is an example that just came to my mind. Uh, one of my, my favorite athlete of all time is Michael Jordan. I know some of y'all haters. Some of y'all, I'm looking at some of these young boys. They, they all LeBron, LeBron James, LeBron James. LeBron only has four. Six beats four any day. And um, Michael Jordan had incredible ability. Out of this world, ability, ability. His ability was, 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 you know, far beyond normal people. But what he also had was approval. What do you mean by that? At the end of the game, he had what we call in the sports world the green light. Yes. Yes. Isn't that right? We call it in the sports world, we call it the green light. The green light means your coach says, hey, you can shoot it. Do your thing. Do, do your thing. Should I shoot? You know, when you're, when you're a, 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 in baseball, you're, you're a hitter, you're a batter. If the coach don't tell you to go for it, like if he don't have confidence in you, you bunt. But if you say, green light, I mean, hey, you swing, to the, swing for the fences. Swing away. Green light means you have my approval. So what made Jordan so, uh, the reason he has so many clutch, game-winning shots was because not only he had ability, but he had approval. Elijah, you have, you, have, you have ability. Elijah, Elijah plays ba basketball, don't you? Northeast, I heard. We're going we're gonna to get us your schedule, man. We come to your game. We're going to check you out. We're going to check you out. But you got to have ability. At the end of the game, you got to have approval. See, now, a person who doesn't have approval doesn't have confidence. And they'll be nervous by taking that last second shot. And matter of fact, they'll get the ball and, no, you, you, you take it. And what's happened, thank you, Holy Ghost, in the spiritual realm, many people are, are passing the ball. You pray. You lay hands on the sick. You cast out devils. You preach. You evangelize. Passing the ball. And not even getting the assist. Because you don't know that you not only have ability, grace, but you have approval, righteousness. Now, I'm way ahead of myself on that, but I just, it just came up right there, so I better give it to you when it comes up. Now, so we receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. I gave you righteousness from the uh, Greek. Uh, y'all remember how to say that class? I was hoping one of y'all knew how to say it. I had, I had a crisp $100 bill for somebody who could say it, but I, too late now. No, too late, too late. You ain't have it. You didn't have it. Dik a yosin sune. Dik a yosune. I'm 
keep my own hundred. In the process, it's the state of him who is as he ought to be. Righteous. Righteousness, rather. The condition what? Now, it comes from another Greek word, uh, dikaios, uh, something, uh, 1342. This is the big part of it. Righteous, observing divine laws, innocent, faultless, guiltless, approved, or acceptable of God. Okay? So, We've received abundance of grace, ability, but we've also received the gift of righteousness, of being what we ought to be, of being acceptable, of being innocent. Now, that's probably not big to you, but to me, that's, that's, that's big. Innocent, faultless, guiltless, approved or accepted by God. Okay? Now, if you were here Wednesday night, you got that. We dealt with that. Now, we saw the difference in grace and righteousness was grace can be measured. We talked about here an abundance of grace. We saw how in James it says he gives more grace. James 4, 6, I think it is. Then we talked about how the Bible says in the book of Acts, and great grace was upon them all. Say so with great power, their witness, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and great grace was upon them all. So grace can be quantified. You can measure grace. You can increase grace. Second Peter 3.18, grow in grace in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So you can increase grace. But righteousness cannot be measured. It cannot be quantified. It can't be increased, nor can it be decreased. Because it is what it is. And I told you Wednesday night, either you have it or you don't. Either you are it or you aren't. You got it? Now, this is going to be helpful to a few of you if you get it. Okay. So, righteousness, let me give you kind of a summary definition for me. It's the state of being innocent, faultless, guiltless, approved and accepted by God and in the right standing with God. It's a state of being innocent, faultless, guiltless, approved, accepted, and in right standing with God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I can tell you all are just excited, but you can't even contain yourself. Now, I understand you're not getting excited because you've always been good. You were born perfect. You're born, you had nice hair, you had a little curl on your hair when you were born, a little curl on your forehead. You came out skin perfect, everything perfect. You always obeyed your mama. You never did anything wrong. You never slept around. You never cussed. You never drank, you never smoked. You never hooked. You never crooked. Never stole nothing. Never beat somebody down. So I understand, I understand you being, you know, like. But I need you to understand me. I'm excited about righteousness because I know I was not innocent. I was not faultless. I was not guilt, guiltless. I was not acceptable. I was not in right standing with God. Now, I got to say this too because some of y'all may not understand. See, but everybody thought I was. See, because I was a pastor's child. I was a pastor's child. See, when you're the pastor's child, they figure you're just perfect. Everything you do is just great. You don't ever make a mistake. Pastor's child. And even as a kid, I was, I was in Sunshine Band, and I was in Bible Band, I was in YPWW. Some of y'all, if you weren't coach, you don't know what that stuff is. 
Young People's Willing Workers. That was the young, youth, youth stuff. And then Bible Band and then Sunshine Band was a little kids' ministry. And I sung in the children's choir every time. And I did, I did Easter speeches. Christmas speeches. All the plays. I was in every vacation Bible school. I reviewed Sunday school lessons. And, and I was a sinner just to show. I'm going to come over here on this side. I was a sinner just to show. So, righteousness is a big deal to me. I'm, I'm going to get in, this is not today's, but this is get, we'll get into this this week sometime, I guess, about the righteousness of God. As Paul talks about in Romans 10, verse 1, he says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer for Israel is that they might be saved. My brethren, record that they have a zeal of, of God, not according to knowledge. For they have gone about, not submitted to themselves to the righteousness of God, they have gone about to establish their own righteousness. See, so they have, there's a righteousness you can come up with, and it's called religion. And most people in the, even the church are religious, operating in their own righteousness, and it's not the righteousness of God. See? So for me, I, I still, uh, somebody told, sent me a text the other day about how they were uh, crying, just reading over Romans 5 again. Because based on the teaching about grace and now understanding righteousness, even to the degree we understood it just from Wednesday night. Like, wow. In other words, do you know what Jesus did for you? Will you help me? Ask your neighbor, do you know what Jesus did for you? Do you have any idea? Do you have any clue? Do you any, really understand what you got? It's the equivalent of being a murderer. Murderer, rapist, liar, thief, cheater in the open. Everybody saw you do everything. It's all on the news. It was a, you streamed it live on TikTok. Everybody knows you did it. Everybody saw it. Everybody has the, has the record of it. And the law says, I need to send you down to this chair, strap you down, and fry you till you die. And somebody comes along and says, no, get him out of that chair. Put me in that chair. No, I don't know if y'all get it. I don't know, I don't know if y'all got it. I don't, I don't, I don't think y'all got it. No, get him out of that chair. Strap me down. The innocent man for the guilty. See, and if you don't understand that, then you will live your Christian life in religion and never fully give everything you have to Jesus because somehow in the back of your mind, he'd have to do that much for you. I can understand Shantae being loud because you know what she was. But see, I wasn't like that. I can understand Chris being loud because, well, you know. But see, I wasn't like that. Oh, come on. I'm going to get on you. I'm going to get on you. I can understand so-and-so because, you know, I heard. I heard us. But I was never like that. I was, you know, I was... I need to submit to you today that if Jesus hadn't stepped in 
for your little cute self. Your nice, wonderful self. You be a sinner on your way to a devil's hell. But he came along. Not only brought us grace, but gave us a gift. Such that one moment, we're totally wrong. Totally in the wrong standing. And the next moment, I'm totally right. Totally in the right standing. Now, if that don't float your boat in the spirit, I don't know what will. He did it for me. He stretched his arms wide. He hung his head and died. Not for his sins, but for my sins. He didn't deserve that. Even the two thieves on the one of the thieves on the cross knew that. One thief talking about if you be the son of God and thank you all is there, why don't you save yourself and save us too? Other man said, shut up. We up here on this cross because we deserve it. But this man has done nothing. He's pure and innocent. He said, Lord, remember me. When you come into your kingdom. I'm a sinner. Just remember, I'm asking you to remember me. I deserve to die. You don't deserve to die. But when you, when you do, remember me when you enter into your kingdom. And he said, you know what? I got you. This day. This day. You, a thief, convicted thief, shall be with me in paradise because you might die, but I'm going to take all your sin right now. See, and if you don't realize that, you know what? One of the biggest dangers I almost want to write a book. I might just preach a message. The danger of growing up in church. The danger of growing up in church. Pastor, why is it dangerous to grow up in church? Because people who grow up in church think they can grow up into salvation. Think they can grow up into heaven. You can't grow up into heaven. And we have children who become adults who never get saved. Never get born again. Never make a, a decision, a quality decision for Jesus because they grew up in church. And because they grew up in church, most times they weren't as bad. They weren't as bad as the ones who didn't grow up in church. But you don't go to heaven because you weren't as bad. I better, I better, I better quit. I said you can't get to heaven because you weren't as bad. You hear me, young people? You hear me, y'all grown-ups? You will not go to heaven because you weren't as bad. That's an as-bad theology. No, 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 no. He's not going to be sitting on his throne. Well, you come on here because you weren't as bad as your cousin. Let me look in the book. Oh, no, your cousin was real bad. You weren't as bad. You come on in here. No. He'll say, depart from me. You work of iniquities. I never knew you. I, I didn't know you. But I went to church. I, I, even, I even prophesied in your name. I, I did not know you. I laid hands in your name. I, I didn't know you. You might have done it in my name, but my name wasn't in you. You didn't, you didn't know me. You tried to migrate in heaven. You can't migrate into heaven. 
Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. Why must you be born again? Because you were born in sin. That, that's somewhere in my notes, I think. I, this is in my notes somewhere. Yeah. Thank you, Holy Ghost. He, know, he knows that it's been right on point. Look at Romans 5, 5 verse 17 again. Go to Romans 5, verse 17. We're going to go through 19. Watch this. Romans 5, 17. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I tell, my wife and I tell our children all the time, all the time, you, you got to be saved. You don't get in because we're saved. There's no free pass. There's, there's no, there's no uh, what do they call it when you fly and you got to, you know, you got to, a buddy pass. Ain't no buddy pass to the gym. You can get a buddy pass to the gym. You can get a buddy pass on a plane, but you can't get a buddy pass in the rapture. That's worth tweeting. There's no buddy pass in the rapture. Put it on our Twitter page. There's no buddy pass in the rapture. You must be born again for yourself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's tweetable. I, I, every once in a while I come up with something tweetable. Not often, but every once in a while. I dare y'all to tweet, put that on your Twitter page. Put on, put on your page. Put on your page with all your little cussing friends. Put it on your page with all your little drinking friends. Put it on your page with all your little dancing friends. Put it on your page with all your little hustling friends. Put it on your page. You Ain't nobody pass in the rapture. It's one thing to be on a church page, but would you retweet the church page on your page? Oh, on your real page. Oh, okay, not, not your business page. Your real page. The real... <laughs> See, I don't have all this. I don't know about the real page. I don't know. I'm still learning about this whole social media thing. I don't know. I don't, I don't care about it. Romans 5, 17. Verse, eight, verse 17. If one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Now, let's look at verse 18. Verse 18. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men. See what happened because a one man mess up? Remember in verse 17, because of one man's trespass, death came. Verse 18, one man's offense, judgment came. Resulting in what? Condemnation. Everybody say condemnation. condemnation. Now, condemnation is a disease of the human spirit. Yes, it is. It's a, if you have condemnation, you can't get anything from God. You can't move anywhere within the kingdom realm with condemnation. That's why God has to help, help us get it out of us. So our Romans chapter 8, verse 1, there is therefore now to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. So resulted in condemnation, even so through one man's what? Righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in what? Okay, now verse 19 is going to say something here, Lawanda. Watch this. Verse 19. For as by one man's disobedience, read it, so also by one man's obedience, read it. Now notice, were made, will be made. There's a difference. Were made, will be made. So let's, let's ask this question, Suzanne. You're a smart young lady. How did you become a sinner? Huh? I told you y'all smart. So my point here is sinning did not make you a sinner. Sinning did not make you a sinner. 
alone does not make you a sinner. Being a sinner makes you sin. Y'all lost, y'all lost, I lost, y'all lost, y'all lost, y'all lost. lost. Sinning doesn't make you a sinner. Sinning didn't make you a sinner. It says, for as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Now, who's the one man he's talking about there? Adam. Remember Adam and Eve? Remember the story of Adam and Eve? Okay. I got to be very basic here. Adam and Eve. Okay, so Adam, because he disobeyed many, which really means everybody else, were made sinners. So, as cute as you were when you were born, Psalm 51, I think it's put up here. Uh, I probably got it in my notes. Psalm 51, verse 5 in the, in the Living Bible. Psalm 51, verse 5, Living Bible. I got a few more minutes? Oh, Lord. But I was born a sinner. I was born this way. Yep, you were born a sinner. Yes, from, my, from the moment my mother conceived me. You better get your head wrapped around that. But I was born a sinner. I'm looking, look at y'all, y'all theologians, y'all like, I know this pastor already. Yeah, I, I know it, I know, I know you know it. I know it, I know you know it. But I pray God breathes on your knowing. Give you a fresh wind on your knowing. I was born a sinner. I didn't become a sinner. It wasn't when I stole the first cookie. That I became a sinner. It wasn't when I stole animal crackers that I became a sinner. It wasn't when I took a block and hit the person in the head in, in, the, in the preschool class. Poof! That didn't make me a sinner. I was already a sinner. And that sin in me made me sin. I sinned because I was a sinner. Thank you very much. Sinners sin. That's why, that's why John says over, over the book of 1 John, the first book of 1 John, uh, John says things like this, he that committed sin is a sinner. Because he's saying, you, you person who was a born, who's called yourself, because he's talking to the church, those of you who say you're born again, but you keep committing sin, he says, no, the problem is you're a sinner. He says you're not born again. Oh, that's not popular in 2021. How much time I have? It's not popular in 2021 on the baker to tell people who are in church that they're sinners. Because they think, no, I'm just having fun. No, you're, it's because he says you're a sinner. Because sinners sin. He that practices sin is of the devil. Put up 1 John 3, 8. 1 John, 1, 1 John 3, verse 8. 1 John 3, verse 8. But if you keep on sinning, it shows that you belong to Satan. Okay, that, that's the living Bible. Put, put the new King James the King James. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. Jesus came to destroy his works. He came to destroy that sin nature in you. See, I was born... In church, I, I tell people I was born in church. You know, I, I wasn't born necessarily. I was, I was born at Bayfront Medical Center. August 14, 1971, Saturday. Mount where? Mount Park for y'all who are older than me. But Jesus had to come along and destroy that sin nature in me. Because that was the work of the devil. Because the devil sinned from the beginning. You got it? I'm trying to understand why I keep sinning. Maybe it's your sinner. See, because you get a new nature because the old nature has been destroyed. When you get born again, he destroyed it. So a person who's a child of God cannot continue to sin, not willfully. Okay. So again, says the Anna answered the question with all y'all help. 
how did you become a sinner? See? Because evil deeds don't make you a sinner. Okay? Being born makes you a sinner. Being born makes you a sinner. Say it. Being born makes you a sinner. Say this. Being born made me a sinner. Okay, now go back to um, Romans 5.19. Romans 5.19. I might have to cut this off here short. I'm going to cut this off short today. All right. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Many were made sinners. Say made. made. You might want to underline that in your Bible if you don't mind writing your Bible. Underline or highlight made. So also by one man's obedience. Now, who's this other man with a capital M? Jesus, the last Adam, many will be made, made righteous. And it says many will be. It didn't say many were. Now, that's important because there are people within this, within one, some sex sects, S-E-C-T-S, parts of Christianity with this universalism theology that teaches that when Jesus Christ died, everybody got saved. Some even go as far as to say even the devil. That's one of the, a very popular man who was popular. I mean, his music is still being sung to this day, Carlton Pearson. Carlton Pearson is one of the most anointed singers of our age. Holy Ghost something. I heard somebody say Holy Ghost, I'm not sure, because, I mean, how do you go from that to where you are now? Except he got deceived. So I, I can understand how it, how it can happen. To the point they believe that everyone is saved. Every person. Doesn't matter what you do in life. Everyone is saved and even the devil himself is forgiven. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, be not deceived. Thank you very much. Be not deceived. And we pray for Carlton Pearson that God opens his eyes again because he's an asset to the body of Christ. The devil has just tricked him, but he can come back. You see? So again, it says here, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made. Will be made, not were made, will be made righteous. Now, here's the question. question first question was, how did you uh, become a sinner? You were born. So how do you become righteous? Be born again. Y'all are so smart on this side of the room. I'm just, I didn't really hear. Oh, y'all awake. That's just it. They're just awake. They sleep over there. Y'all better get some. Y'all need a pep rally over here. I need a cheerleader to come on. That's Nat. Cheer him on. Get him there and listen. Just pay attention. Right, right. So, so what's happening here? The natural birth makes you a sinner. You don't have a choice in the matter. You're going to come out sinning. I don't care how cute you are, what color you are, what gender you are, what financial status you're born into. You're going to come out sinning. Married, well, you come out single. Everybody comes out single. Oh, the parents. Right, that's right. Whether your parents were married or single, a one-night stand or a long-term relationship, you're going to come out a sinner. That's good because even saved folks, see, my parents were pastors, and I was still born a sinner. Their righteous seed didn't pass to me. I was still born a no-good Low down, dirty, dog, sinner. I'm going to throw this in for all the parents. That's why you got to pop that thigh. 
Y'all better come over here. They, they like it over here. You gotta pop that thigh. Pop out. You gotta. You gotta get the butter from the duck because all they know to do is sin. That's all they know to do is sin. That's all they know. They're born sinners. But when I got born again, I was made righteous. And when I was made righteous, I got a brand new nature. A brand new condition. A brand new status. Whereas I was born a sinner, came out sinning. Now I'm born again righteous. I'm supposed to come out righteous. I'm supposed to now do righteousness. Righteous things. Righteous actions. Now, let me go back. Let me go back. Let me go back. I got I to gotta help. I got to help the, the people who grew up Baptist and Pentecostal and Methodist. You grew up, you grew up, you grew up with it. Just like your evil deeds did not make you a sinner, your good deeds do not make you righteous. I'm on this side this time. Your good deeds do not make you righteous. And people who think that get caught up in the Romans 10.1 quandary. They have established their own righteousness and have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. So they will do good things. I'm going to go help people. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, at Thanksgiving, I'm going to give out turkeys. And now, because I'm going to be righteous. I'm going good, to good, do good deeds. And I'm going to, I do so many great things with people. And I help out. I, I volunteer at, at the local shelter. And I, I volunteer, you know, and I, I help the orphans. And I, that's wonderful. It's wonderful. But that does not make you righteous. I, I submit that to you that hell will be filled with people who are philanthropists. Good-hearted people who do so many wonderful things to help a lot of people. In their attempt to be righteous. We call it conscience cleansing. Come on now. Conscience cleansing. That's why you have the, the, the drug kingpin who will buy all the kids in the neighborhood school clothes and school shoes and backpacks and feed everybody in the neighborhood. Now, it's, it's, it's other reasons for that. One reason is because y'all better not snitch on me. I'm going to develop a loyal neighborhood so you don't say nothing but what I, about what I do. So I can run my empire in this neighborhood and y'all just be quiet. But the other part of that is he's trying to cleanse his conscience. That's why people in the mob, there's been stories for years, people in the mob go and bring all his money to the Catholic church. I need you to, I'm going to bomb it. I'm going to Okay. Am I right about it? I'm, I'm not exaggerating about that. Why? To cleanse the conscience. They, they want to be righteous. And don't understand you don't become righteous by what you do. any more than you become a sinner by what you do. Does this help anybody? So I, I got to shut it down here. Um, let me try to, let me finish. We'll cut off here. We'll pick this up on, on Wednesday night. So you become a sinner by being born. You become righteous by being born again. We know the scripture, 2 Corinthians 5.17. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, 
He is what? He is what? All I heard three of y'all. He is a what? All things. Behold. All things have become new. Not better. Not an improved you. Not, not as bad me. See, people try to move, maneuver through life being not as bad. Well, I made a few changes and they made a few adjustments. No, you got to be born again, baby. You got to be born again, son. Because until you're born again, you're just a better old self. There's no free pass or better use in heaven. Look, give me that same verse, 517. We know this one so well. Give it to me in the CEV, Contemporary English Version. I'll give you a couple of these and we'll, 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 we'll stop here. Thank you, Jesus. Anyone who belongs to Christ is a what? New person. New person. The past is forgotten and everything now, y'all got to remember that now. We're talking about being righteous. And Chris, I, thank you, man, for, for cheering me. Because you, you, I mean, everybody doesn't get it. But when you have walked opposed to God, and you should have been dead, And now God accepts you. You have no place to sit and be quiet like the other people. You, what? I'm still, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth. I still apologize to God for stuff. I, just, I, know, I know I'm forgiven. I know I'm washed. I know I'm sanctified for sure. But I still. I drive by certain areas, certain places, and I go, oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. You know how you drive by certain places and they bring back a memory of your old boyfriend, your old girlfriend? And you know, you're like, oh, Lord, mercy. Lord, I'm so sorry. I'm forgiven, but Lord, I'm so sorry. Because I know that he didn't have to save me. Give me the same, same, same verse, please, in the easy-to-read version, easy-to-read version, ERV. Thank you, Jesus, ERV. When anyone is in Christ, it is a whole new Yeah, that's where everybody, nobody really knows the words to the song. My wife and I, that song was, uh, at our, was used at our wedding, and that's the only part I know. It's a whole new world. I don't know nothing else. The old things are gone suddenly. Suddenly. Y'all catch that? Suddenly. about a guy the other day, this is a couple days ago, I read about a guy, he, he was, his, his uh, story, this is a secular story, so y'all just, just bear with me. He, he, he almost ran out of gas. He went to the gas station, just barely made it to the gas station, and while he was there pumping the gas, he bought a lottery ticket and won $2 million. He's still rejoicing. Now, I know y'all don't play the lottery and all that kind of stuff. I'm not, I'm not advocating a lottery. I'm saying, when, when you've been almost run out of gas, and then suddenly you got enough money to buy 20 G-Wagons if you want to, you ain't quiet, you ain't, you ain't, you know, well, you know, my life changed. You're like, hey, my life changed. Huh? He probably ain't praising God, but he praising, he's doing something. I'm telling you, when you realize that suddenly your life changed, you can't be quiet. It's hard to be cute. Some of y'all come to church, your wig don't ever get out of place, your mascara never get messed up. I don't know how that is. Y'all, oh, y'all, we buy that good, that good stuff, pal. We buy that good stuff. 
I understand, I understand. Son, everything is new. Last one, last one. Give me the, uh, the living Bible, please. Living Bible. The living Bible. When someone becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new person inside. I'm going to tell you, like I heard the one, one pastor preaching about this morning, you got to evict that old tenant. Some people are trying to have the old person, new person uh, cohabitating. Don't, don't let people shack up on the inside of you. Get that, that old tenant out of there. No, I'm a new person inside. Saying I'm a new person inside. I'm not the same anymore. A new life has begun. See? Thank you, Lord. I don't, I don't, we used to say back in the old, day, old days, I don't go to places I used to go. I don't do the things I used to do. I don't say the things I used to say. Yeah, I don't wear what I used to wear. That's what we used to say back in the old days. Back in the days when we still talked about holiness. I want you to know that we still talk about holiness. All right, 519, that's what we're done. Romans 519. And I'll pick up Wednesday night. We'll talk about the righteousness of God. I was going to teach that today. That was my subject actually today, the righteousness of God. But as I got into it, I realized, wait a minute, you've got to realize we're made this. Romans 5.19, many were made sinners and many will be made righteous. Tell your neighbor, I've got it made. I've been, I've been made righteous. That means something happened to you. And I didn't, I didn't get that far, but I'll get into it Wednesday night. Hopefully, yeah, I, I should get there. Because that approval, that acceptance is what gives you confidence. And if you don't have confidence in your right standing with God, you cannot receive anything from God. You can't. If a child doesn't have the confidence that their mother or father loves them and accepts them, they won't ask for anything. If they do, they'll bashfully, timidly. And that's how people are approaching God. Lord, Lord, if you can, stop by here. Lord, if you got time this morning, stop by here. There's no confidence towards God. And if you don't have any confidence, you can't receive anything from God. But I have to know that when I got born again, I was made righteous. Well, pastor, I, I, okay, I, I believe that, but I messed up since I got born again. Okay. If any man sins, if you confess your sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive you. 1 John 1, 9, to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all that means he put you right back. I got out of line, Pastor. Yep, he put you right back. I thank God. I thank God. I thank God. Because I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you now, because I just told you some of the places I ride by and I go, oh, Lord, I'm sorry. Some of those were after I got born again. Y'all, don't, don't vote me out. 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 Somewhere after. When, when I, I'll get to this maybe sometime before Christmas. Righteousness leads to holiness. And thank you, Holy Spirit. Stand up, stand up, stand up. I got to pray. Because what I found is that, see, I grew up in a holiness church. 
and I was trying to be holy without righteousness. Can't do it. You keep slipping. Am I right? You've been holding this church too, right? Trying to be holy without righteousness. And you fail. F-A-I-L. You fail time and time again. And I kept falling, F-A-L-L-I-N-G, over and over again. Because I didn't understand righteousness. Now when I understand righteousness, it leads to holiness. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to say this. This is in no way to, to promote myself, but it's the word of God of revelation. I hope you realize what you're hearing. I hope you realize what you're hearing. Yes, sir. What you're hearing is life-changing. It's enough to revolutionize your whole life. Pastor, I need you to talk about money today. I just did. I just did. Just talk about money. You don't go to a bank to withdraw money if you know your checking account is overdrawn. You don't write a check. You'll be standing there and in Walmart, wrote a check and be like, No confidence. See, I just talked about your money. Hallelujah. Um, we were just in Second Corinthians five seventeen, right? If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away, all things have come new. Put verse 18 on the screen. For all things are of God who has reconciled. Y'all know that for banking, right? Reconcile. The word reconcile from the Greek literally means to exchange coins in the same amount. To take something and give equal value in return. It's like a currency exchange. You read it, you look it up in the Greek. So when God reconciled us himself, is he, he took all of our junk, as sinful as we were, he gave us that much righteousness, right standing with him. It's Romans 6, twenty. To somewhere it says, or 19, for where sin abounded, grace much more abounded. Means as far off as you were in sin, he gave you that much grace to reconcile. These kids do these, these equations, the algebraic equations, you gotta make both sides equal. If you got negative seven on this side, and you know, you gotta you gotta add seven to get it equal, whatever y'all know what I'm talking about. So he as as bad off as you were. He gave you that much grace to reconcile you. Does that help anybody this morning? Does that really help you? Will you give our Father God a great big hand of praise if you receive that word this morning? Thank God for, for salvation. Thank God for reconciliation. Thank God for new creation. Thank God for his grace. Thank God for his righteousness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you for making us righteous. Thank you for doing what we could never do for ourselves. Your word says in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, that you made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, who had never sinned to be sin for us. He couldn't. He couldn't sin. He, 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 you made him sin for us so that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Father, we didn't deserve this. We didn't, we couldn't earn it. We couldn't pay for it. 
you had to make us righteous. Thank you for washing all of our guilty stains away, purging us with the blood of Jesus. Thank you for making us whiter than snow. Thank you for taking all of our faults, all of our failures, all of our shortcomings, all of our sins, all of our trespasses, all of our iniquity, and you took it all and you cast it into the sea of forgetfulness. And you said you remember them no more. Now I thank you, Father, that we as your people, as we understand our right standing with you, I ask you that, it, that Lord, you help us to see, to allow that righteousness to lead us into holiness. To be and live as we ought to live because you've made us already what we ought to be. And God, I pray that these, your people, will never, ever, another moment, be trapped in condemnation. That even when the enemy comes in our dreams, in our downtime, wherever we're doing, and tries to bring up all of our past failures, all of our past sins, we'll remind him of what Jesus Christ did in, in, in the past for us. That he died. He took all of our sins and made us right with you. Father, we believe in Jesus. We believe in you. Just like it was for Abraham that he believed you and it was accounted to him for righteousness, we believe you today. And it was accounted to us for righteousness. We believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again and we confess him as Lord of our lives and according to your word, we are saved. We're new creations in Christ Jesus. Now let us walk out and live that righteousness every day of our lives, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Put those hands together and give God a praise again. Deacons, elders, come quickly, please.